Well, what a surprise to all of us. Um, we uploaded the video for today for midweek Bible class, recorded over a month ago. No sound. And in fact, no sound on a couple of videos after. So here I am, your intrepid minister, going to redo them as fast as possible so we can post today and we can be ready in the weeks ahead. Let me just do a little pitch here. We have a very thin line of workers because we don't have the funds to really back each other up. You know, if Misha has an issue with a couple of uh, musicians canceling, it causes a lot of problems because we have to scramble like mad. New, new uh, lyrics, new slides, new musicians, if we can get them. <clears throat> it is, for her, a weekly deal. Now for me, <clears throat> if I get cold or if I get, uh, I have to be out of town, things like this can happen. And it can happen as well with recordings, every one of our positions. Our AV guy is our AV guy. We have no backups. We have no other. If he's on vacation, we're in trouble. So that's just where we are. So we're going to have a meeting on May 22nd at the soundstage to talk about ministers and funding, our, our staffing, and our mission. And so if you can be at the soundstage May 22nd after morning worship, that'd be great. If you can't be, you can still send in questions, info at uh, rsafeharbor.com, and we will answer those questions either at the meeting and then send you an answer or we'll send it before, okay? All that to say, when something goes down, there's no safety net for any of us. So let's get into Acts chapter 3 and verse 11. If you remember last week, Peter and John healed the crippled man and the healing was, was wonderful and it changed his life for the better in every way. I'm absolutely certain, but that wasn't the main point. The main point was that finally he had access to God because they were allowed to bring him into the temple because he's no longer crippled. And that the entire ministry and message that Christians have is to love people enough to bring them to God, bring them to Jesus, wrap your arms around them and bring them in. We don't judge if they're worthy. We don't judge if we like them. We don't judge anything. We just introduce them to Jesus. That's our job and love them. That's our job. When verse 11, while the beggar held on to Peter and Paul, and I love that picture, all the people were astonished and came running to them in this place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we'd made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. God raised him from the dead. We're witnesses of this. And by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given us complete healing to him, as you all can see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. 
By the way, I think Peter was being actually a little kind here. I'm not sure the leaders acted in complete ignorance, but we'll let it go. He's being nice. Peter's not always nice. Let's take it when we can get it. He goes, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, subtle dig they should have known, saying that Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Now, there are two parts to what uh, Peter was saying and both parts really need to be in any of our discussions about our own sinfulness and about the welcome of Christ. One is that we are sinful. <clears throat> Even these people who had turned over the anointed one of God to be killed by secular authorities and by kangaroo courts set up by the religious authorities. I, what, how much worse a person could you be? And yet he says, turn to him, repent and seasons of refreshing will come to you. Your sins will be wiped out. And that word there literally means to be made unreadable. They're no longer in the record. If God goes back to check the records and here we are uh, anthropomorphizing him again, trying to make him look and sound like a human being. But if he were to go back and say, what about the records? It's not in there. By the way, that's kind of a nice thing. We don't know an awful lot about what's going to happen at the end of time. Well, I know people do lectures and write books about it, but the Bible's pretty thin on details and specifically about what happens when and where. And I can understand that because at the end of all things, physics ends. And so there is no when and order and it's going to be interesting. Anyway, when I was a boy, I got this distinct impression. I don't know that they meant to give it, but I got it that there was going to be a movie of our life. And that was frankly terrifying because even at eight and nine years old, I knew, oh, there are some things I don't want up on that screen, not in front of people. There will not be a movie of your life, but let's say there would be. Let's just play with it. If as a Christian, they show a movie of your life, you will not recognize it because the evil will be wiped out. You'll just be going along doing good stuff don't be stupid though. Don't go, Hey, Hey, that's not right. I was sinning right in there. You know, let God forgive, but this is just such a gift. So repentance, yes, but then also hope and not a vain hope, a big hope, maybe even more than a hope, a certainty. That's what Peter's preaching. Now, speaking of Christ, he says he must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you, and anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from his people. You know, we, um, we're an entirely different society. You know, my family is a family of faith, my family of friends. Some of my biological family are also family, but our biological family was scattered and divided long ago. And so the idea of being cut off from my family, that would hurt for a few, 
Um, and of course, the family I've made with Cammy and our children and grandchildren, that's massive. But he goes, he's talking about something different here. To be cut off from your people meant you were no longer one of God's chosen, no longer one of Israel. You were removed from your land, which was so important to them. You're removed from the genealogy. You don't want this to happen. You don't want to be removed from your people. So keep that in mind. There are little shutters in the room. He goes, indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many have spoken, have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He, he said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you away from your wicked ways. Well, there's a lot going on in the temple and people are gathered to see this man who couldn't walk was a beggar, well-known beggar that had a prime spot uh, outside the gate beautiful. And so they, everybody knows him and now they're seeing him walking and laughing and dancing and having a great time in the temple grounds, which again would have caused quite the stir. But then there's a bigger stir because people are coming and Peter is preaching his sermon to them, his Acts 2 sermon with variations right here in Acts 3. Well, in Acts 4, as, it as, as we open in Acts 4, and please remember, no chapter and no verse divisions in the Bible until many centuries later. So it's, it's not like a break and then a restart. While this is going on, the temple guards and the priest are aware there are, there's a disruption. And disruptions were not allowed. Uh, so they were charging forward to see what's going on. Chapter 4, verse 1. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people. All right, that's one. There's an and that comes. So that's the first problem. The apostles were teaching the people. These were not accredited theologians. These were not known rabbis that with an accepted doctrine that had been checked over. Uh, we'd, we'd had some peer reviews of the, of the theology and he had, they'd had track records in synagogues and temples and the like. And no, <clears throat> these were unaccredited, normal folk. By the way, I think having theological degrees and degrees in Bible languages, ancient languages and all, I think those are brilliant. I really do. There's, and there's no sarcasm here. and There's no sense of irony. I am thrilled we have these scholars. I lean on them very heavily. I read the books. I read the articles. I listen to the podcast. I really appreciate them. But the fact remains that the task of showing Jesus loving like Jesus and speaking about Jesus is given to everyone, even, and in this case, especially the unaccredited, uneducated, or as they would put it, unlearned, because it's a simple story. You just love people and tell them about Jesus. You don't condemn them, you just love them. And it's amazing how we got that all tangled up and decided, you know, you know, well, what we need to do now is we need to separate clergy, laity, and then we'll get this teaching class and that teaching class will do all the teaching. 
and if we're being honest, almost all of the work of the church. What we'll do, we're good people, we'll show up on Sundays, Wednesdays, if we're that fanatical, and um, we'll, we'll maybe even go to Bible class on Sunday. It's according to who's teaching, not really sure if we like it or not, but we'll, you know, we'll show up. That's our, our, that's our duty before God, our thanks to Him. So we'll, we'll go and we'll sit in a pew facing forward, and uh, we will listen to whoever's up there, whatever man and woman's up there, while they give their book report. And we'll, we'll take communion if that's done in that particular church, and, and we'll sing the songs. And we will, we will leave feeling we have done our religious duty. None of that is religious duty. We get to gather and sing and listen and as, as an act of celebration, our religious duty is living like Jesus as we walk along the street. And if, if you say, well, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't think I can do that. Let me, let me bump over here to something which I've run across much of my life. That is this. I will, um, I'll be in another work. I've been in works before where I had the thin line, never been in a work that has as thin a line as our Safe Harbor Church. And the reason is we, you know, we don't have the funds to hire yet. We're hoping more funds come in as, as the church grows, and it only grows if you grow it, if you tell others about it uh, and bring them in. Uh, but we're hoping we can. But I've been in churches where we had, uh, we had ample staffing, but we needed to plug some holes. And I would go up to somebody and I'd say, could you teach a Bible class for us? Or could you just speak a Wednesday night, a one-off, a 30-minute devotional class or something? And the number of people that looked at me and go, I don't know, I, I don't really know how to do that. And I don't really feel comfortable. I got to the point where I would look at them and say, I'm coming back to you in six months. I'm putting it down on my calendar. Because in six months, you can learn something that interests you enough that you can talk to people for 30 minutes. Most of them wouldn't. Well, that's a shame. It really is. You've got time. You know, develop a story. Develop a way. Show some love. That's... These people are normal people. So the priests are going, nope, nope, this is wrong. So that was the first. And second, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Well, if the priests were Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, any dead, any time, angels, demons, miracles, they didn't believe in any of that. So that would have been there. But if they were Pharisees, then they don't like the fact that the one they said was not pure and clean enough was actually God and he's back. That would, they gotta shut this down. Notice once again, it had nothing to do with whether the message was correct or true, or if it ever really happened. It was all about, we've got to shut this down because it imperils the peace of our church and our positions as its leaders. I've been reading a lot of articles post-COVID about churches shutting. The tribe in which I was raised has lost 20% of its congregations in the last few years. 20%. And that number's growing. It's growing rapidly. 
several of its schools, its, its institutions of higher learnings have closed over the last couple of decades. There's, I think most of the ones that remain are quite secure, but that's not the point. Here's the point, we're not alone. When I take a look at other tribes, I'm finding the same thing. I'm finding they're dividing, they're breaking. They're, some of them is because people got used to not going during COVID. Some of it is because people began to question the necessity of all of these brick and mortar buildings and all of these huge staffs and all of these parking lots. And if you don't know this, parking lots are massive expenses and they never quit being expenses. They, all of this stuff and some of them are questioning what God really wants from us. And that threatens those in charge. One of the strangest things that I've experienced in going through all of this as, as ministers who believe they're being fired or have just been fired, and I get contacted by them almost every week. I hear of another one, sometimes up to four a week, but that's really rare if I'm being honest. Normally about one a week. And they're terrified. And I go and have a look and the leaders are afraid of the dropping numbers afraid of the crash in contributions, afraid of their position, their power. And so they decide to fix it. They have to can the minister. Minister didn't do any of that, but they feel like, oh, just a change. What we'll do is we'll, we'll rearrange the chairs on the, on the deck of the Titanic or halfway during the car crash, as we see that we're hurtling toward a cliff, We'll change clothes. That should make things better. And of course it doesn't. And these priests already had gone through trauma, well-deserved, and are wanting to shut it down. So what they do? They put them in jail till the next day. Again, no rights back then. But many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Now, again, are we just just be aware the bible does not use numbers with precision as we do we are very precise uh, we if we don't do numbers we do minutes you know how far is it from here there it's 20 minutes well i want miles or i want kilometers and we're we're very precise we don't we don't talk when somebody says how old you are you don't say about 30. but in the bible they did about jesus that he was about 30. are you aware that in many of these cultures today, in these very lands, they do not count their age by years. It's more, I was born when, when or I remember, and there'll, there'll be an event, and that's what dates them, as it were. And whenever the Bible says about 5,000 men, it means a lot. I'm not gonna give you a range, because I, I think some people, fall into the trap of saying it could have been 4,000, it could have been 6,000. Don't, don't even go there. 1,000 was the biggest number they had. And so when they wanted to go bigger, they would say thousands and thousands and tens of thousands. They didn't have words like millions, billions, trillions. So what it's saying is a great, this rock tossed in the pond has created some real waves and a whole lot of people are going, wait a minute, we read the prophets we know what they said. We need to, um, we need 
we need to repent. And that was threatening the temple system. Jesus told them, he said, if you reject me, I'll shut this down. And they didn't believe him. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. So were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest family. Ding, 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 ding. How many times have we seen one family or a group of two or three families run and own a church? And if the preacher gets sideways with any of the families, he's out. If you come in and you try to do something and one of the families doesn't like it, you're out. And that family will hover and control that church right into the graveyard. Time after time after time after, they will not let loose of it. You know it and I know it. We've all been through it. Um, th these people weren't supposed to be judging. Annas is there. He's, he's a high priest. Caiaphas, he's Annas's father-in-law. He was a high priest at one time. He's not now. They rotate. He's not supposed to be there. John Alexander and the other men of the priest family. We're going, this is a family church now. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Oh, they have answers. We're going to look at that lesson next week. This one's going to be short because we had to redo and get it up there quickly. Hope that's all right. In fact, we're thinking that maybe bringing them back to 30 minutes would um, help because we generally have between 250, 450 watching every week. We like to get this spread out. So once again, pray for us. Give if you can. Go to our website at oursafeharbor.com and you can see how. Download the Tidely app so you have all these available. And we will do our best not to stutter and have to put up uh, lessons you know, late because of technical issues or because of one of the people on the line not being able to be there that day. Thank you for your prayers. You make all of this possible. We know it and we love you. Can't wait to see what the sermon is, but we're going to have to. Cheers. <laughs>